and welcome everybody. It's lovely to be here on this Christmas Eve morning. I'm Pam Pastor, your host for the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly is the fact that you have found our Savior Jesus, our Messiah. If this is your first time joining me, know that God blesses and honors those who diligently seek his word and then place it into action. Or perhaps you're a longtime listener. If so, welcome back. You know, folks, there is power in the name of Jesus. And as we journey together, we'll be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of agile, moldable clay for the potter Jesus to transform. And the book of Jeremiah teaches us that as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are we in his hand, meaning that we are always upon that potter's wheel being transformed shaped and renewed both physically as well as spiritually. So now I want you to prepare to power up as we level up our lives and join me and others each week as we're going to explore all things pertaining to Jesus. And periodically, folks will delve into my virtual mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure to email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Now, the Apostle John gives us this prayer from the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 21. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. So now we're going to prepare to enter into God's presence. And that's my prayer for us as well. Father, we're asking that today's episode mine new depths within our hearts, allowing for your word, your revelation to be revealed deep within the recesses of our hearts. Scripture teaches no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what you have prepared for those that love you. Well, you know, friends, today is our fourth and final Sunday for Advent. So we light the purple candle all across the world to symbolize love. So I'm reminded in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in me will have eternal life. And then John chapter 5, verse 24 And that says, I assure you, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned of their sins, but they already have passed from death into life. And you know, over the past several episodes, we've established that Jesus was the long-awaited king that Israel was waiting for, only he wasn't an earthly king, he was heavenly. His kingdom, you see, was much larger than that of King David's because it would never end. And when Jesus was born, there were many who recognized him as the king that he was. This included King Herod, the ruler, as well as Satan, God's enemy. Notice I said enemy and not God's opposite. You see, God has no opposite. Satan was a created being. 
These two immediately began their plans for stopping Jesus's mission within the world. And yesterday we looked at the astrologers or the wise men as they are known who brought royal gifts for the Messiah. And we too must recognize Jesus for who he is and worship him as the king of our life. On this Christmas Eve, allow me to delve deeper into Joseph and Mary's profile and background, and then we'll culminate with Jesus' birth tomorrow. And as we start with Joseph, we learn our conviction and strength of what we believe is measured by how much we're willing to suffer for our beliefs. Now, Joseph was a man with strong beliefs. He was prepared and equipped to do what was right, despite the pain it would cause. Another trait that Joseph possessed, in addition to doing what was right, was doing it in the right way. When Mary told Joseph about her pregnancy, Joseph knew the child was not his. Yet he respected Mary and weighed her attitude toward the situation and expected child. It must have made it hard to think that his betrothed bride had done something wrong. At that though, still, it was heartbreaking to think of someone else as the father. Yet it was mind-boggling to realize that that someone else was none other than God Almighty. Joseph instinctively knew he must break off the engagement. As stated above, he would be discreet, not causing shame, nor humiliation or public embarrassment upon Mary. His heart was pure. He would act out of love with justice for the situation. And it was here when God intervened, sending in a messenger or an angel on assignment to Joseph to confirm and corroborate Mary's story. In another episode, we said God provided a third way, a way of obedience for Joseph to take Mary as his wife. So Joseph did just that. He took Mary as his wife and honored her virginity until the baby was born. Now, the Hebrew word for virgin is Alma, meaning pure and virtuous, a woman who had not been with a man. See, a lot of skeptics will call Mary a girl, but she actually, according to this definition, was a woman who had not been with a man. Now, we're told how... We're not told how long Joseph lived out his role as Jesus's earthly father. His last mention in the Bible was when Jesus was 12 years old. But Joseph did train his son in carpentry. He also made sure he had good spiritual training in his town of Nazareth. And the whole family always made the annual trip to Jerusalem for the Passover, which Jesus continued to observe in his adult years. Now, Joseph knew that Jesus was special from the moment the angel's words flooded his heart. His strong belief in that in that fact alone, coupled with his willingness to follow and obey God's leading, empowered him to be Jesus's chosen earthly father. Joseph's strengths included the fact that he was a man of integrity. He was a descendant of King David. On earth, he was Jesus's legal and earthly father, who was also sensitive to God's guidance and willing to do God's will, no matter what the consequences. 
Joseph's life teaches us that God honors integrity. And I love the fact that social position is not a prerequisite for God to use us. When we're obedient to the guidance we have from God, this leads to more guidance from him. God teaches through Joseph that feelings alone are not right, nor are they wrong measures of action. Now we're going to go ahead and read part of the Christmas story. We're going to start in the book of Matthew, looking at chapter 1, verses 18, and I'm going to go through chapter 2, verse 12. If you're wanting to read along with me, go ahead and grab your Bibles now. So this is Christ born of Mary. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now we're at chapter 2, Wise Men from the East. And these, it says, Medes from Mesopotamia. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. 
And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. That ends the reading out of Matthew. Again, that was chapter 1, verses 18 through chapter 2, verse 12. So now what do we know about Mary? We know that motherhood is a painful privilege, right? Young Mary of Nazareth had the unique and awesome privilege of being mother to the very son of God. Yet the pain and pleasure of motherhood can be understood by every mother everywhere. Mary was the only one present at Jesus's birth who also witnessed his death. She saw him arrive as her baby son and she watched him die upon the cross as her savior. Up until Gabriel's angelic visit, her life was good. One could say even enjoyable. She was recently engaged to a carpenter, Joseph, and was anticipating married life, but her life was about to change forever. Angels don't usually make appointments to be seen. Mary's visit made her feel as if she had won the lottery or some big contest. She had only dreamed of entering along with all the other Jewish young ladies. Mary was puzzled by the angel's visit and perhaps a tad bit frightened too. But what she heard next was what every girl longed to hear in Israel. Her child would be the long-awaited Messiah, God's promised Savior. Now Mary didn't doubt the message, but she would ask the angel how it was possible she had never known a man. Gabriel told Mary that her son would be God's son. Her answer shows she was obedient to God and to scripture. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said come true. Later, we hear her song of joy, the Magnificat, which shows us how well she knew God. For her thoughts were filled with his words from the Old Testament. And Jesus was taken to the temple when he was only a few weeks old to be dedicated to God. It was here that two devout people of God recognized him as the Savior he was. And this was Simeon and Anna. Simeon told Mary in Luke chapter 2 verse 35, Thus the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Simeon prophesied that Jesus would have a paradoxical effect on Israel. Some would fall because of him while others would rise. With Jesus, there would be no neutral ground. People would either joyfully accept him or totally reject him. As Jesus's mother, Mary would be grieved by the widespread rejection he would face. A large part of her pain in motherhood would be witnessing her son rejected by the very people he came to save. We imagine that if Mary had known all she would suffer in being Jesus's mother, she would have responded the same. She would have given Gabriel and God a resounding yes, here I am, Lord, use me. We learn from Mary that God's best servants are often ordinary people who make themselves available for God. 
God will plan extraordinary events in ordinary people's lives. And Mary teaches us that a person's character is revealed by his or her response to the unexpected. So now we're going to go ahead and we are going to look at all the verses, putting them together in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. We're going to start with verse 1 and we're going to go through verse 40. So feel free to follow along with me if you'd like to read from the Gospel of Luke. And again, that is chapter 2 verses 1 through 40. Christ born of Mary. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Glory in the highest. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth earth peace goodwill toward men so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another let us now go to bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the lord has made known to us and they came with haste and found mary and joseph and the babe lying in a manger Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them circumcision of Jesus and when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child his name was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb Jesus presented in the temple now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. 
Simeon sees God's salvation, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed." Now Anna bears witness to the Redeemer. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. The family returns to Nazareth. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Oh, man. Well, join me back tomorrow, friends, as we celebrate Jesus's birth and we give honor to Christmas Day. Or more importantly, we give honor to Jesus Christ and we celebrate Christmas Day because of the great and enormous gift that God gave humanity. And I hope that these episodes have helped you learn something new about Jesus that perhaps may have surprised you. If so, I would love to hear from you. And folks, if you have not been spiritually reborn, God made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven, a person must confess belief in his son, Jesus. When we place our trust in Jesus's finished work upon the cross at Calvary, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God, and our sin was then placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion. Now, this is a grace gift that we can never repay back to Jesus. However, what we can do is show him our gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our connection daily. Today, friends, if this is you, respectfully, I'm challenging you to take a bold step of courage and strength by open, openly confessing this eternal salvation prayer after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking, acting, and doing life as I've known it. 
Jesus, you're invited to be the king of the throne of my heart, taking up permanent resonance. I'm confessing that your shed blood upon that cross at Calvary washed away my past, my present, and my future sins. Amen. Folks, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can be your guide, directing and revealing himself to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. And consider joining a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other like-minded believers who will help build up and edify your newfound faith in Jesus. Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the wisest and most important decision of your lifetime. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Child Talk series airs on Wednesdays when we're not in the middle of a series. So I'm inviting you to tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories you may have just grown up with. And join me as we continue to discuss and share Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. Some of the topics we discuss center around biblical forgiveness, Jesus' teaching parables, his miracles, his message and ministry, in addition to the harmonization of all four Gospels. Now, this is an open invitation for you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark together on an adventure of exploration of all things pertaining to Jesus. And if you like this episode and you want to hear more, make sure to subscribe so that you're going to get the latest releases as they become available. And if you're interested in being a guest on one of our future episodes, send me an email at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. And finally, folks, occasionally material is referenced directly from my book with the same name as our podcast, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you find the content to be inspiring, compelling, or perhaps you wish to go deeper with a rigorous study of your own, you can pick up a copy of this book from pampastorcopywriting.com. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or Dorrance.com. But importantly, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me because I'm going to find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. The book is full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. So until next time, always remember you have been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. Until next time, friends, God bless you.